more to marketing. Welcome to Modern Marketing, a podcast on marketing, product, and everything in between. I'm your host, Susan, and today we're going to be talking about the role of influencers and how affiliate marketing can complement your strategy. I am very lucky to have a very special person here today, Sarah. She is she has got so many accomplishments behind her, but one of the major ones that I was so pleased to see from a consumer point of view was her successful social brand called Miss Tyler. Finding a gap in the market, Sarah has actually been able to grow her channel for real women to be able to contribute their content. So I'll let her talk a bit more about what it is, but it's something that I've loved. I've been able to love clicking through it, seeing people that are like me and seeing what fits them best as well. But she'll give you a bit more in detail on that. I am really a shy person, so I haven't been doing a lot of sharing myself, but I've been looking at other people's. But I adore the atmosphere that's been created behind Miss Tyler. And that's definitely something that everyone should definitely try out and see themselves and how this came about too. But Sarah, tell us a bit more about you and Miss Tyler as well. Perfect. And I love that intro. And it's totally fine that you don't need to share on the app. It's designed for anyone to go in there and use it as it makes them feel comfortable. The whole idea of Miss Tyler is um, essentially a way to help women find and buy clothes that fit. Um, And my background is not fashion. My background is actually telecommunications. I spent think nearly 20 years uh in that in that industry where I didn't definitely learn very different much. yeah <laughs> very, very different and I didn't learn very much about fashion and my personality like and and who I am like I honestly like I'm not the person who enjoys reading fashion magazines I don't just notice what people are wearing I you know I um I don't flick through the magazines like I find it really intimidating and overwhelming mm-hmm. when I go shopping because I don't know what to pick up I don't know what things to go together invariably like you'll take 10 things into the changing room and like one of them might look good and so it's like this real process of trial and error but while I don't like that process at the same time I I have to get dressed every day and I feel much better when I like my outfit don't we all though that that I've I've got the exact same challenge too because I don't know what fits my body type having had kids my body's changed yes so so that makes it really difficult and very self-conscious as well which is coming back to that shy point Yes. And and I really think, you know, I think there's a lot of innovation that that has been coming out from people that are industry outsiders, because sometimes industry insiders assume that everybody knows more than they do. And so, for instance, mm-hmm. in fashion, all the people that work in fashion love fashion. They know how to like juge sleeves mm-hmm. and tuck things in to make them look extra great. But they but not everyone knows how to do that. And not everybody enjoys that process. And so um, the whole idea of Miss Tyler was helping people like me dress my body. And the way that I think about the world is, you know, you have personal stylists who are incredible and they know how to dress different body types, but it's hard to get access to a personal stylist and that may mm-hmm. not be affordable to everyone. Yeah. But then you have like maybe 10% of the world that loves shopping and are experts at dressing for their own body so they may not know how to dress other people but they know how to dress themselves and so my thought with miss tyler is like why can't we just connect all the people on our platform to the people who have the same body because that person is already doing the job of styling and discovery and trying on Um, so they're essentially your personal stylist i love it because 
uh, everyone, you really do have to get this app and flick through it. If you can put in your own size details in there, then it just naturally just shows you all the different things that would match for you, how the color looks, and it links off to the sites in most cases as well. So then you can easily purchase it too. And that's what I really loved about it is not only did it show me what would look good, but in a lot of cases it showed me where to buy it as well so I didn't have to go hunting. Yes. So So much time saved. When we launched this, so, you know, I I was like, okay, well, I want everybody to have a good experience that comes Mm. on. So I needed to have creators and influencers. I mean, we, we call them contributors on the app. Because not all the women on the app would consider themselves influencers. Mm, It is a very daunting title, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like when we think about an influencer, like, you know, we all sort of have this like stereotype, but you could be like, for instance, my mum, she's a contributor on Miss Tyler. She has 42 followers on Instagram. She is not an influencer, but she loves dressing and she looks great and she's happy to share that with our community. So, you know, for us, like, you know, that is a contributor. It could be anyone. We do have a bunch of people who would call themselves influencers or that are, you know, models or stylists, Mm. but a lot of them are like accountants or school teachers, but they love fashion. Mm. And so when we were um, starting, I obviously wanted to have a diversity so that from the get-go, you could come into the app and see yourself represented. And so rather than trying to find a group of people and teaching them how to like post clothes, we went to Instagram and we we had a look at people who, who were already posting like fashion content. So, you know, we were searching for things like outfit of the day, you know, mm-hmm. and then we started doing things like, you know, like style over 40, style over 50, style over 60. So lots of diversity in age and then, you know, midsize, plus size, petite, tall, curvy, you know, in every, every sort of facet we could try and find. So we, we sort of did that when we really early launched and we didn't even have any creators. I basically had created a database of 400 celebrities and I had pulled, you can pull their data from the internet. Um, so I'd pull those data. So the first iteration of Miss Tyler was like, put in all your body data and we'll show you which celebrity you match to. And then you can mm-hmm. sort of know, okay, she's my body double. Whenever I see her in a magazine, I can sort of see that the things that she's wearing are going to suit me too. And then we started recruiting these creators once we had like a, an app so they could sort of see what the app was about. And they could, and we were like, we're, we're now recruiting contributors, sign up. And we had 180 people sign up, wow. which was incredible to be creators. And they, they sort of added for outfit posts, you know, to kind of get in the door. Um, and those we call our founding contributors. And they were so special because like they really took that leap of faith. They didn't know what the product was going to be, but they were like, I'm willing to participate in this and like mm-hmm. help other women. And so that was fantastic. So we we basically had celebrities. Then when we had 180 contributors, we launched them onto the platform. So when you were sorting, you'd, you'd see like, here are my body matches, celebrity, celebrity, contributor, celebrity, celebrity, contributor. Mm-hmm. And the feedback was actually you know, we're just having to skip through the celebrities to find the real women because, like, that's helpful because they're wearing, like, clothes that, are that you know, are accessible. Mm, you know, they're, and probably they're, affordable. <laughs> affordable. They're not, they're not custom-made, yep. <laughs> bespoke. Um, and, you know, it's the type of things that I would wear to brunch or to pick up the kids or mm. to go shopping or to go to work. So it was much more relatable. I love that. And probably even now it's got to the point of, like, the tips of what you could wear for your size and shape for weddings or for yes. um, a graduation or those other events that you're always looking at at the websites going, okay, what is actually going to fit me that I don't need to return? 
Exactly. And so like, there are so many components to this. And again, like I wasn't from a fashion background. I was just trying to make it, I was trying to solve my own problem. Um, but then as I sort of dove into the world of fashion, like one of the biggest issues in fashion is like that the return rate for online mm. clothes is nearly 40%. So that is really expensive for brands. I mean, it's annoying for us as well. Like it's great that we can make returns easy and simple and fast, but it would still be easier not to return at all. Yeah. The time, um, it's just the time that gets eaten away. Or, or it's like, you know, buying something that was on sale and you can't return it, you're stuck with it, or you just don't get around to doing it in time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's all of that sort of stuff. But also there's the huge environmental cost. So if you think about 40% that is like now, not only does it get shipped to you, but then it gets shipped back to sort of like some distribution arm and then they have to assess it and go like, Mm. can this be resold? Then it gets shipped somewhere else. Does this need to be, you know, fixed up? Does this need to go to clearance? Does this some, does it go to landfill? You know, because only a third of returns can be resold at full price. So returns is a huge issue, um, which we think we can solve because, there's a lot, actually, when I started, um, I was fundraising. So I was meeting with investors and telling them, this is Miss Tyler, this is why we need to raise money, this is our vision. And, you know, part of my story was that we could reduce return rates because mm. you could actually see what the clothing looks like on a body like yours. Yes. And you can see how it's styled because I, I do think styling is such a big part of fit. Um, and, you know, investors sort of have a bit of an eye roll when you say that you're going to solve returns because a lot of people have tried to solve it and if you go onto sites it'll be like you know this is the best size for you recommendation and so they're all trying to solve fit with size mm. whereas it's like size is it's so much more than size it's your height it's your shape it's your coloring mm. it's it's yep. all those it's your age it's all those other things that that um determine a good fit like you could have something that technically fits you but it just doesn't look right you know, it's like your torso is too long or too short. You know, it's mm-hmm. a bit too short. It's a bit too long. All those sort of things. And if you don't know how to style it, it can look wrong. Whereas like if you knew that you added a belt or you had to wear it with high-waisted pants or if you just needed to roll up the sleeves, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it could look great. And that's just stuff that we don't necessarily know. So our thesis was that we could, you know, solve, you know, returns, which we have actually, like of all the transactions that have gone through Miss Tyler so far, our return rate is less than 5%, which is wow. insane. It's um, phenomenal. And it's so nice when I have like, we we um, use affiliate, which we can get onto in a second. So basically we're, we're generally like our values are that we're brand agnostic. We're like you wear and promote whatever makes you feel good, where we can make a partnership with that brand so that we get affiliate commission in return for the sale. We will. And we share that with the creator, but we'll, we won't not show things that we don't make money from. Mm. Um, so that I means love that. with things that are affiliate, that's when we can see the return rate. Whereas like things that aren't affiliate, we don't have any mm. transparency. So we can't see what was bought. We can't see what, what was returned. So we don't have any visibility on that. Um, but, you know, so it's great to sort of have that data. Um, I can't remember where I was going with that point, but um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just the excitement of knowing that you have made a difference and contribution to that return rate by having this fantastic app for real people to use, not just for sizing, but also for how to accessorize, how to wear it right, yeah. what to wear it with. Yeah. And it's amazing because you think about, um, you know, fashion and fashion has always been traditionally like inaccessibly aspirational. 
it's literally if you think about a catwalk walk model like they are usually five foot nine or taller which is like some like something like one percent of the population amazon size yep hi yeah then they're a size zero to maybe a size two Mm. so when you put all those factors in that's 0.3 percent of the population that looks Mm. like that but then you add on to that that they also have to be probably in their in your teens or 20s you know so even that that person who fits that model all of a sudden you know they're too old they don't even fit into that so you know it's we're not seeing ourselves represented like very very few women are seeing themselves represented which makes it hard because first of all when you're seeing clothes on a body that's not like yours it's hard to determine how it's going to look on you but also when you see image after image after image of these people who don't look like you you start thinking oh I'm not I'm not normal I'm abnormal that's normal I'm abnormal and so what's been amazing about Miss Tyler is because we have this fit algorithm that matches you to the creators who look most like you everybody's experience is that they are normal and that they fit in and that there's it's a community. Lots. Yeah. It's amazing. Cause it's like, if you're size 20, you go in there and match with women that are size 20 and you're like, Oh, there's lots of women that are size 20 and they're freaking fashionable. They look incredible. Look how confident they are. Mm-hmm. And I also know that whatever they're wearing comes in my size and will look good on me as opposed exactly. to like scrolling through like all this content thing, Oh, I'm too tall for that. I'm too short for that. I'm not curvy enough. You what know, like color won't go with me. Exactly. It's not my coloring, you know, like all that sort of stuff. So, so it's just like a much nicer experience. And then we're actually, we've just launched, um, if anyone has the app, update it. And if anyone hasn't got the app, when you, when you get it, you'll get this version, but we've launched what we call representational advertising. And so we have allowed brands to create sponsored posts where they're basically taking current creator content on the app and turning it into a brand carousel so rather than seeing one person wearing that brand you can see five different women wearing that brand and so we basically say to the brands the best way to use this is to choose five diverse women so have five different sizes and as much Mm -hmm. diversity as you can but then what's really cool about this representational advertising is because we have that body match score Everybody sees a different version of the ad. So everybody sees the creator who's their top match first. Mm -hmm. So if you're size six, you're seeing the size six person. If you're size 14, you're seeing the size 14 person. So everybody's like, that's cool that that brand is actually creating an ad that is for me. I immediately know that's relevant to me and I feel represented. It's like a double personalization. Not only do they know when they go in there, they're going to get personalized contributor content. But now they know that the very first ad served is also going to be personalized too for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I I do, you know, I do. I, I love this so much. <laughs> and it's, it's nice as well because, you know, there are a lot of brands that are really inclusive mm. and that care about representation, but it's very hard for them because it's expensive to shoot different models. Mm. And even if you did shoot someone in every different size, in every different size you have, tall medium short you have Mm. curvy straight you have different colorings you've got different ages like it's just not possible which is why I sort of think you know crowdsourcing this is really the only way to do Mm. it in a really viable way not to mention even if you did have a dress on all those different bodies it's going to suit some people more than others and so exactly you know 
the way that we see it is like our the women on our platform, they're doing that job of trying and testing things on. They might have tried on 10 things to find the one thing that they're showing you, but they're only showing you the wins. So they're already doing yeah. that work for you. Exactly. And I think the, the only brand I've actually seen try to do this and they succeeded to a point would be the, the Dove body image ads that came out where they've got all the diversity yeah. up there of women for their Dove products. But, again, it was very much um, comparing yours to theirs. Theirs was in your face throwing it at you yeah. where you're still looking at all these women and you're still like, which one is me? I actually don't know out of these 10 women in this ad which one I'm actually sized against. Am I that really giant one there? Am I that middle one? Am I that tiny one? Am I that short, tall one? I, I don't know. I'm looking at this ad. Yes, it's great representation, but who am I in there? Yeah, yeah. Whereas yours, it's actually down to that granular level of I privately have personally put in my size mm. so I feel safe and comfortable and now I'm being served content that's actually relevant to me because I want to look awesome and these guys really do and I want to emulate that awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I'm, we launched during COVID um, and that was great in some ways because, you know, as a, a startup, you're working really hard and I was thinking, I'm not going to be earning a salary. I'm going to be missing out on all the dinners and social occasions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Suddenly I'm not missing out on anything and you're able to just work. But also people aren't buying clothes, mm-hmm. um, which for us, was not so much of an issue because we weren't sort of trying to do that sales thing yet. But from a content point of view, it meant that mm. people were posting clothes that aren't available to buy. You yes. know, it's like even this this denim jacket that I'm wearing now. This is from Q. I had this in you know I had this in high school. I think this is 20 years old. Um, Classics. You cannot buy it any longer. But you know, uh, we discovered that actually brand discovery was really relevant. So even if you saw some, someone wearing like a blazer from a brand mm-hmm. and it wasn't available to buy anymore, you could go, okay, but that's a brand that I hadn't heard of before. And if that person has my body and they're shopping that brand, they're going to have similar cuts. So now I'm going to check out that brand and see what other jackets they have. Mm-hmm. So we actually just launched a website earlier this year called Brands for Your Body. And it's basically a cut down version of Miss Tyler where you don't have like the like you don't have the whole social community, but you can just put in, this is my dress size, this is my height, and we just show you the brands that are most commonly worn by creators mm. that are your height and size. And so it's still kind of using the data and the power of our community, but in a very sort of cut down brand yep. discovery way. Um, but then it, you don't need to download an app and you don't need to sign up. The reason mm. we have people sign up for Miss Tyler as opposed to just making it open is because, again, like, the creators on our platform are sharing their body data to help you. So you can go onto any creator and even if they're not like a high match to you, you could be like, I love what they're wearing. Okay. I can go on there and I can see that they're three inches taller than me. And I can see that they're two sizes smaller or whatever it happens to be. So then you can kind of do the maths and figure out how it's going to fit. Mm. So the creators like sharing their body data to help you, but that's very personal. And so we sort of have to have a job of like, you know, vetting people when they come in, they're a real person. And we sort of have um, a tick box, which, you know, these things do help, but it's kind of like, I'm here for the right reasons. Basically like, you know, I'm here to be part of a community and I'm here for the right reasons. We also um, don't advertise on any platform that targets men. So for instance, like um, Facebook, so because we're an app, we are taking people directly to the app page on Google 
um, to run a campaign that that pushes to apps. It's called a universal app campaign. That's kind of their tool that you can use to advertise apps. It does not allow you to target by gender, mm. which is crazy. What it's supposed to do is over time learn and optimize. But the problem is that when we started launching those campaigns, we were just getting like lots of like creepy men in. Yeah, no. And so <laughs> just can't use that anymore. So we use only platforms where we can only target women. And we when we talk control, about yeah. women, you know, we have lots of trans women. Well, we don't have lots, but we have a bunch of trans women. On the anyone that identifies as female. Yes. And even if you don't identify as female, even if you're non-binary, but, mm. you know, you wear women's clothes or you want to be inspired by women's clothes, it's kind of like we use the term women, but it's like if you feel like you're supposed to be here, then you totally do yep. belong here. I love that. I love the inclusiveness behind it. And that's probably why in your creator content space it's been exploding so much as well because of the creator economy and being able to share those different diverse people wearing the, the women traditional outfits. The, the other thing with the creator economy, and I almost think about this as being uh, like Netflix. So Netflix had the blockbusters, you know, like the, the five movies that had just come out that were really expensive to get, which is what they were competing with everyone else with these blockbusters. But there's all this like long tail content, which is amazing content, but it may not be mainstream. So it may not suit everyone. Mm -hmm. But then they had this really clever algorithm that allowed them to serve up content that you're going to really like, but they don't share it with everyone because not everyone's going to like it. Mm -hmm. So I sort of think, you know, traditional social media, it uses popularity as a proxy for relevance. Mm -hmm. Whereas we don't care about popularity. We care about relevance. So for instance, on our platform, if you are four foot eight, the creator that is also four foot eight is going to be the most valuable person to you. They may only have three followers because, you know, it's not many niche, people are yeah. four foot eight, mm. but they are the most relevant person to you versus, you know, somebody who's five foot 10 might have lots of followers. They are totally not relevant to you. So what's been great about us is that it's not, you know, there's not this thing where the people that become more popular get all the followers and everyone else gets left behind. Everybody gets served up to different creators based on what they look like. So it kind of is, you know, distributed much more evenly, mm. um, which is really nice. And then the other thing is that um, on platforms like Instagram, it's really hard to grow an audience. I think there's a lot of creators that are really struggling with it mm. because it's just so hard to grow. Whereas on our platform, they've been able to grow audiences really easily because we're doing that job of like serving them up to people. So that's been like sort of like one of the key um, benefits for creators. The other part of it is really just you know people who love fashion and just like love being part of a community and contributing to a community in an area that they're really passionate about and helping other women feel good. And it's, we, we do con content moderation. So whenever somebody content, sorry, comments on a, a post, we actually, it, it goes live, but anyone on the app can um, report it. But we also every day go through and just manually go, yes, this is okay. Or no, this is not okay. Mm, that's good. But we really don't have to do much. The most we get is like, you know, sometimes there'll be like somebody on that just goes, hi, 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 hi. And we're like, okay, yep. that is not what, what's intended. But we really haven't had anything negative. Like we really don't have to do very much at all, which is like really nice because it is just like such a, a positive community. And the women on the apps are like know each other now. And, you know, it's it's really beautiful. It sounds it as well. And I think they with that evolution as well of the influencer space for the content creation there, like you just said, it's not about 
popularity. It's about the relevance. Yes. And that's why it's been able to be able to grow and be so successful for all the content creators because it's not like they have to compete against that skinny person who was in the modeling magazine who happens to have joined and become your latest influencer. Or, or the person who, you know, has like a camera crew following them around and spends hours editing, you know, a single video. Exactly. It's going to be, as we, we keep saying, relevant. And yeah. that's where this beautiful evolution has started here. And I'd love, I really do, I love seeing it on your app because it just means that you're not wasting your time flicking through. Mm-hmm. Yes, you might want to look at it, but that's what a fashion magazine might be for yeah. or, or somewhere, another website that serves that content up. But this is being relevant for you, which is just absolutely magical. And there has been, I mean, one of the insights we did find was like, yes, women love seeing who looks like them because that helps. Mm -hmm. That's like super helpful. But we also got feedback that women also liked seeing the diversity of the app. And so we launched a couple of years ago a feature called Daily Inspo where every day we have like a prompt where it's like, today, why don't you try wearing purple? Or today, why don't you try wearing polka dots? And here is how 15 women are wearing this trend Mm. and on that we always try and have a diversity of women so everything in the app is body relevant daily inspo is diverse and so because people go in there and they're like oh she's 70 and she's rocking that you know like she's you know so petite and she looks fabulous like she's you know Mm. mid-size or plus size and she looks awesome but having that diversity it kind of like it's like a nice reminder it's like you know what we're all so different Exactly. We all are just part of this and we're all in it together, you know? (laughs) So that's, that's really nice. And the other good thing about like daily inspo is that people who do it, it kind of forces you to like get creative with your closet. So you're like, well, actually I do have something that's purple. It's like that scarf in the back. Like how would I wear a scarf? And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, you know, people actually have a bit more fun with, it's so easy just to fall back into pattern of like, um, uh, denim denim jeans and a gray shirt that I'm wearing today but then when you're sort of like pushed to try and do something a little bit different you actually end up like finding things in your wardrobe and going oh I felt really great in that outfit like that actually was was really fun and things are, as you said getting pulled out that haven't been worn for a while and now you're now excited about that again totally and then you know just this whole movement I mean for Miss Tyler we obviously care about you know micro nano influencers because Mm -hmm. for us we just care about diversity so that we can like have that relevancy for every user but that is a huge macro trend Mm. brands businesses everybody the the there's a definite shift of power away from these macro influencers to micro nano influencers because they're more relatable they're more authentic they're more engaged Maybe for the audience, in case they don't know, do you mind explaining what a macro, micro and nano influencer is? Yeah, so it's basically all uh, down to how many followers you have. So you kind of have your celebrity influencers, like the, like the, like the Janet, uh, what are they, the, the Kardashians. Kardashians, yep. <laughs> <laughs> then you have sort of um, macro influencers, which is like 50,000, 100,000 plus followers. Mm-hmm. And then under 50,000, you have your um, micro influencers. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's below like 10,000 or 5,000 or 1,000. I, I even forget it, but it's like nano influencers. So it's kind of just like based on their audience size. And in the past, um, so let's just say five years ago, it was all down to audience size. So if I mm-hmm. have a campaign with this person, I'd pay them a campaign fee, then I would get access to their whole audience. 
But then now what they're finding is that they actually get more traction by working with these smaller creators, but I might work with like 10 creators to get the same reach, but I think I'm going to have higher engagement. All about targeting, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But as this sort of shift happens, it's harder to um, work with micro and nano influencers at the same scale as macro. So for instance, in macro, you might have had an agent that negotiates the campaign and the payment and all that sort of stuff. Whereas you can't do that with micro nano influencers. One, they don't have an agent. Mm. Two, you know, they may not have a large enough audience to um, command like a, a campaign fee. But what's becoming really popular is like one, gifting. Gifting is a great way that, it's, you know, mm. I can send out a pair of jeans and then get content in return. But even then it's like, well, if I need to work with 100 creators, maybe I can't send out 100 pairs of jeans, which is where affiliate comes into play. Mm. So affiliate is really great because, um, and, and, you know, affiliate marketing is essentially for online marketing. If you recommend a brand um, and somebody purchases there's tracking that shows that you sent that sale and you get commission in return. And um, so that's that's how we work. So we basically, where we can, we have an affiliate partnership with brands. We actually give 80%, which is like huge. Um, Very huge amount to the contributor. Okay. Yeah. So we, we pass on, and, and to be honest, like in the past, we were just passing on 100% and saying it was 80%. But, um, you know, for us, like we, we want the creators to like get as much value as they can. Um, so it's a great way to do that because for brands, it's low risk because mm. they don't pay anything unless they get a sale. Yep. Um, so it's it's really compelling. But then for a creator, when they're doing this work of creating content and then sharing it, they're getting rewarded. So it's, it, it is, and it's super scalable. It's really easy. Like you set up a campaign or a program and then it's just like an automated, like you'd send somebody a link. And they just sign up and 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 it goes through. And through Miss Tyler, we have all those partnerships. And so in our app, we convert all the links to affiliate links and we have the creator's handle embedded in that. So when we get the reporting back, we can see which creator drove that sale so we can pass on the, the, the commission mm-hmm. to them. And I think that's, that's a really great way to be able to reward. Naturally, you will have some costs for running the platform and doing all these amazing changes, as you've described, over time. So that needs a bit of investment. So that's where you can get those funds from. But then the contributor is getting majority of it for, for doing this great work and bringing fresh content all the time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, we, we've um, we've had venture capital funding. So to date... For us, it's not been about us making money. It's been about us proving out that we can build a platform that's really valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the future, there's lots of different ways to monetize. So for instance, brand advertising is fantastic. And when I say brand advertising, sort of these boosted posts, what we don't want to do is like now fill the app with like nameless models. And yeah, take remove, over, yeah. Yeah, and remove what's powerful about the app, which is you're seeing it on a real person who has styled it in the way that they like and you can Mm. click on them and you can see their body data and you can figure out whether it's going to fit you um but yeah so there's lots happening but uh yeah i think in terms of like just like those big macro trends i think the creator economy is just huge at the moment i definitely think there is like so much potential and opportunity for these macro nano influencers and and creators um affiliate is just such a powerful way to drive Mm. um to, to sort of dr- drive a way for brands to work with micro nano influencers. 
Um, and it's definitely great for us as well. Um, what do you think, if you're going to give some advice to someone, what advice would you give to them about bringing in affiliates? So if you're a brand, then there's lots of affiliate platforms that you can use. And as a brand, you just pick one affiliate platform and you basically set up, this is the contract I'm willing to wait to pay this much commission or you know this dollar value when anyone sends me a sale. And then people can apply and you can approve them. And as soon as they're approved, they get a tracking link. As soon as they use that tracking link, it's all tracked. Um, if you're an influencer, then a lot of these platforms are now creating, they're realizing. So in the past, it was brand and publisher. Mm. And so a publisher was somebody who would promote it. So Miss Tyler, we are a publisher. Vogue is a publisher. Um, you know, big bloggers back then were publishers. They are now calling, you know, micro nano or, you know, creators publishers. And so, but, but it's a very different system. And in the past you had to be doing, you know, you had to be a certain size to get approved. Whereas now um, a lot of these platforms are making it easier to work with creators. Um, we met at DealMaker, which is yes. one of the affiliate platforms, Rakuten. And Rakuten has a creator arm. Um, Commission Junction or CJ is another of the big ones. They also have a creator arm. So for a lot of a lot of them have those. I mean, if you're interested in fashion, then just join Miss Tyler um, and, you know, we'll do it all for you. Exactly. It makes it a lot easier that way too and probably a lot more fun. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so if I go back to the influencers, uh, when it comes to influencers themselves, what are the key advantages and disadvantages that you've found by using them and particularly thinking about the authenticity of it as well? Because I know that's one of the key things about Miss Tyler is it does feel very authentic. So how do you keep that? And like I said, the advantages and disadvantages of that. Yeah, I mean, well, I, you know, as I've said, I'm not a fashion person. Like I don't think I have great style. Um, you know, if you were relying on me to, to give you style advice, that would not work. I'm a technology <laughs> person. I've created a platform and all that we do as Miss Tyler is we allow people who have style and can give advice to share that on our platform. And so we really don't interfere too much. Um, and I think, you know, all we do is like the process for applying to become a creator, you have to um, create your first four outfit posts. And what we're doing with that is we're making sure that what you're posting are outfits. And they mm. are on your body. So if you had just like clip art where you had taken a T-shirt from the website and like stuck that onto, you know, a board with a pair of shoes, that's that's not Miss Tyler. Miss Tyler is about you wearing it. Mm. So as long as it's you wearing an outfit and, um, you know, ideally it's like, you know, good lighting so you can see the outfit well. You know, we're like, we're not judging style. We're not judging anything. We're just like, you know, is this, content that's going to be helpful to our mm. audience exactly so de definitely with that one there it's more about making sure that the end user which is these people looking and seeing people like them can actually see the outfit exactly 
almost 3D or maybe that's an idea for the future. You're going to do yeah, reality we'll, or something. We'll do, we'll do video in the future. It's just, you know, we've got like this endless um, list of things to do and we have to keep prioritising. <laughs> um, but, you know, video will come. But at the moment, you know, it can be a carousel. So ideally, like, you know, you would post a few photos showing how the outfit looks from different angles. Mm. But again, yeah, like if you had like it was like you sitting on a bench you know, 50 metres back and you're like a speck in the picture, that's not very helpful. No. You know, like, but if it's like a, a, a photo where you are taking up the majority of the photo and you're showing off the outfit and you can see contrast from the background so you can see where the clothes end, that's perfect. Mm. And that's really one of one of the key things for influencers to remember is their audience as well when they're catering all this content so that they get the best result as well with the engagement. Yes, definitely. And it really helps. Like, you know, you can post on Miss Tyler without sharing the brands or where it's from. But as you said, like, it's super helpful if you can show this is from this brand, even if it's not available to buy. And then they add the link if it's still available to buy. And then we do the work on the back end of converting that to an affiliate link. Exactly. And you've talked a lot about platforms and your background in IT as well. With technology improvements and everything that's happening out there in uh, MarTech and also IT and platforms and even the future of technology. How have you utilised these different items and also the approaches to be able to get this channel working so well for you and any anything that you can share about the near future? Yeah, we actually are doing a lot of work um, in the generative AI space at the moment. Um, it's interesting. I saw an article and it was like, can AI solve the diversity issue and we'll just like, you know, create you know, fake people that are different body sizes to show you how to close. And I'm like, no, we, we, we can just solve it with real people who actually represent yes. real people. Like, There's you know, enough of them. Yeah, we, we, they, they exist. People of different sizes exist. Um, but where we can use Gen AI, is, there's, there's a lot of things we can do. So, for instance, like one of the things we're looking at is just um, pulling like knowledge. So, for instance, um, we're going to create this, part called like the Miss Tyler AI stylist where you can ask a question like I'm going to a wedding in Hawaii um, the dress code is formal what should I wear and then you get an immediate response which is using these large language models that says something like you know okay so Hawaii it's hot wear like light breathable materials maxi dresses are fantastic mm -hmm. florals work really well you know such and such so like that would be step one oh, step two oh, then yes. is that our creators could also weigh in and add comments and be like, well, actually, I just went to Hawaii and it's and, and it still is actually mm -hmm. quite formal. Like, I think you'd be better at making sure that you have like floor length or whatever. So you could have like, you know, this sort of like AI response, but then you can also have this mm -hmm. community response. AI can also do things like moderate. Um, so it can like, you know, understand language and, and, you know, highlight or like flag things that could be offensive or triggering. Yep. Um, and then sort of the next piece that we're working on, which is harder to do, is basically um, and analyze all the data. So we've got 50,000 outfit posts on Miss Tyler. So we want to like analyze all that data and pull out keywords. Like in this picture, there's a jacket. The jacket is denim and it's casual and it's distressed. The mm -hmm. pants are X, Y, Z, you know, so we can do all that sort of stuff. Um, that allows us to then, you know, combine these two things. So we're taking like the, the prompt that we got from the AI stylist we're matching that to all the content our site. So it's like, this is what you should wear to Hawaii. Here are examples from creators. Mm -hmm. And then we serve that up in body order. So it's like, here are things that you can actually buy as seen on bodies like yours for this event. And I should mention oh, that yes. with, the, with the 
AI stylist will actually like, we already know things like we know your height, your size, we know um, your age. So we behind the scenes can add to your prompt and say, this prompt is from somebody who is 35 Mm. and five foot five and a size 12 and such and such. Um, you know, and down the track as we have like more style information and their style preferences of this and they like these brands. So these prompts can become like really, really clever mm. over time. I'm, I'm just going even down a further rabbit hole with this one, picturing that if someone's already been contributing themselves and they've been doing it for a while and they may have put up all different outfits from all different events that they've been <laughs> to, it might actually serve back and go, actually, you have the perfect outfit. Totally. Here it is. Yes, yes. And maybe just change accessories. Yes, yes. And there is also, um, you know, on Miss Tyler, actually, anyone can post to the app outfits and it's completely private unless you become a contributor. So, for instance, for you, like, you know, there's just days where you like your outfit and you're like, oh, I actually felt really comfortable in this outfit. But then the next day you're like, I have gotten dressed in the past. Why can't I remember anything that I've ever worn before that I liked? And, and how so, it pairs together yeah. too. Yep. So honestly, it's like this is for everyone who uses the app. If you're not a contributor, take photos whenever you like your outfit and post it to the app so that when you're trying to figure out what to wear, you can go back to the app and be like, those are the outfits that made me feel good. Mm. And so you can kind of use it as a collection. But then as you say, it also allows us in the future to go, hey, these are items that you already have in your wardrobe that you can wear. And then... Again, sort of like the, the technology is there that you can also sort of break apart that outfit. And so, for instance, go, okay, these are other things that would suit that denim jacket. You know, so you, you're sort of moving towards like, you know, Cher's wardrobe from Clueless. Yep, I know. That's where I was thinking as well. <laughs> oh, this has been an amazing discussion. What excites you most about this influencer space that you've now found yourself in? Um. I think it's really cool because it means that women or people anywhere in the world can generate an income. I think it's also cool because in the world of fashion, like for instance, we go to an accountant, we pay an accountant to do things that we don't understand. Why aren't we paying people that are helping us with style? It's something that I don't understand I'm willing to pay for. You know, maybe it's not a, a stylist cost, but, you know, I'm happy that if I shop through Miss Tyler, through that person, that they're getting a kickback. So all of a sudden people can start earning money through things that they're really good at that before weren't valued. And in the US, like this is something that I'm really excited about Um, because for us, like, you know, the ideal creator, I mean, honestly, everyone, but the ideal one is somebody who has access to current inventory. Mm. So for instance, think about anyone who works in fashion retail, so if you work in fashion retail and every single day you're there five days a week, you could be taking a photo of current stock, whatever you're wearing that day and putting onto the app. Then on top of that, you can be getting commission. So you can take your fixed salary and you can have a variable component without mm. having a second job, without doing anything else. You're doing it in your sort of your day job. And then whatever that brand is should want you to do that behavior because Essentially, you know, they're already paying for this person to be there physically. And now they're creating like a physical, a, a digital army as well. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, you know, we all get paid really well. Like we have like minimum wages that, you know, are livable wages. In America, it's not the case necessarily, you know. Um, and what's super exciting about America is like retail, the average salary is $35,000 a year. Um, for anyone working in that thing, which, you know, means that they're sort of like living on the poverty line, like on or below the poverty line potentially. 
So it's over indexes for black and Hispanic. It's 75% women. Mm. And there's a million people who work in fashion retail in the US. So imagine if we can take this collective of women and give them away to, you know, earn a little bit of extra money in doing their day job without taking on any extra effort. So that to me is is really exciting. I mean, in Australia, I would love like everyone who works in fashion retail also to jump on the app. Um, we get paid a little bit better here, but um, yeah. There's definitely huge opportunities in the US market. I can't wait to see what happens there. Yes. That's going to be amazing when it explodes and I'm sure it will be doing that very, very soon. Mm-hmm. My final question I have that I ask everyone what brand, any brand in the world, best represents you and why? I'm so bad at these things. Um, I am, hmm, I honestly don't know. Like me as a person, I'm like not a perfectionist. So it wouldn't be something like Apple that's like perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be like some sort of like hustling, working hard, figuring it out hacking type brand which I can't think of at the moment I know what you mean it's more about those those pieces that make you whole so it might have been more than one brand that does that but definitely something that has worked I'm just gonna say this worked its butt off Mm. to get where it is and loves it at the same time because of all the learnings along the way yeah and then you know I always try to be very human like I think you know even with our creators like I send out investor updates And our creators have like a a Facebook group and I share our investor updates with them because I'm like, I want you to know what's behind running a business. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're helping to build this with us. So I want you to kind of like have that extra information and see what happens behind the scenes. It's like an authentic down-to-earth kind of brand as well. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on today. Is there any final words about influencers and their impact on the industry that you'd like to share before we jump off? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I think, you know, maybe just, you know, let's sort of start using the word like creator or contributor Mm. as opposed to influencer because I think influencer has some negative connotations which doesn't really represent what it is becoming. I, I think that's a very valid point as well with the stigma behind it, particularly if you think about how some influencers have gotten to where they are right now, like, where the Kardashians actually came from and where other ones like Logan Paul came from. It's not necessarily the best, I suppose, individual with the the best heart and ethics behind it. That's where they've gotten themselves from. So I do love that it's more from a creation point of view because it's more artistic. Everyone's individual. I think that does fit it a bit better. And it's also I think just the thing with influencer is that it's not real. It's Mm. like it is them, but it's them at the best angle with the best lighting with everything set up. It's (laughs) it's like that's what's not accessible about it. It's not that like every everybody like it's like fantastic that they look like that and whatever else. And that there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it's it's this idea of just adding all these filters that that make it (laughs) inaccessible to everyone else and make us think. You know, there's this woman that I love on Instagram called Danae. Um, I'm just trying to find her. Danae Mercer, everyone should follow her. Her, her It's D-A-N-A-E-M-E-R-C-E-R. But she was like an ex-editor um, at like Women's Health and different magazines. And mm-hmm. she, you know, was like, there is so much that happens to get that 
look. And so she kind of like shows you behind the scenes. So she does like all these ones where she's like, you know, looking friggin' perfect. And then she shows you that when she st- stepped back a second, she looked completely different. Wow. Or, yeah. And she was like, this is not a before and after. This is just slightly different lighting, you know? Sure. And she's like, you've just got to remember. So I think she, what she does is incredible. Like she is amazing. Everyone should follow her. Definitely making it more real as well. So you can understand that that is that quick moment in time. Yeah. But different angles, like you said, different lighting, anything yeah. could make a huge difference there. Yeah. Totally. Even the makeup. Yep. Yep. Oh, thank, thank you again so much, Sarah. I really appreciated your time. You've given us so much insights. I think the biggest takeaway for me is the approach on how you can utilize the creator space mm-hmm. and how you can make it work for you and for them at the same time to make a huge difference to their life. Uh, for everyone else, don't forget to follow Mortar Marketing for more podcasts with excellent guests like today. More to marketing. <laughs>